Hi, this is Lacey from Bourbon House, and you're watching CMS TV. Right here on Chris Aiken Presents. That, of course, was Night Demon. Brand new stuff called Outsider from the album of the same name. And here to talk all about it is the one, the only, Mr. Jarvis Leatherby. Jarvis, how are you, my friend? Hey, good. I like your, uh, let's see, you got a Metallica background and your buddy there's got a one day at a time background. I like that. That's, right. That's a little Valerie Bertinelli pre-Van Halen fame there. Hell yeah. I'm squeezing <laughs> your nipples. I'm squeezing your nipples. <laughs> Yeah. Now, and, and Jarvis, I don't know if you know Eric. Eric is uh, the guitar player from Stephen Piercy's band. Um, Great. He does the awesome, show with man. me. So. That's killer. So, yeah. I, I used to see Rat all the time back in the day. That lineup, um, that reunited lineup with uh, Carlos Cavazzo was great. Uh, sure. Yeah. Hope to see that again. I hope, well, I actually, I hope you're in it because uh, <laughs> then you'll, you'll keep a gig, you know? Well, <laughs> He'll always have a, a solo career, and I was always totally cool with uh, being in his solo band. And we've done original records, but we have fun playing all his Rat hits. And awesome. he'll, he'll hopefully he will do a final lap with Rat at uh, at some point. But we're happy I mean, to have you, my brother. Yeah, right. Thank you. Right on, man. Well, Jarvis, um, you were kind enough to uh, send me the the full the full record of Outsider about a month ago, and then my arm ended up fucking up to where we couldn't talk about it then which to to be honest there's a there's a silver lining in this because when we were supposed to talk roughly a month ago i hadn't given the record more than just a couple of listens i'd given it like three or four listens to where now i've i've invested time into it where i've really dug in this thing is i'm gonna say it and i'm not kissing your ass because you know i would tell you this is the best thing you've done by a lot, not even by a little, by a lot. I think it is the most musical thing that you've done. And I think it is the, the first time since you hit the scene that you, you personally, as well as the band, have really stretched yourselves to try and reach different areas musically that you've never done before. So congrats. We'll start there. Congrats on such a wide-ranging record, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I mean, I kind of expect fans of the band or people that know the band to have a reaction of kind of like, what, you know, like I, I don't, mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's definitely a grower, not a shower, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're into the band, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
the thing about it being a concept record and it being so short in Night Demon fashion, it does lend itself to some repeat listens, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. we, I think when a lot of people heard we were doing a concept record, they're like, oh, man, what is this going to be? A, you know, how much time do I have to invest in, out of my life into this? Is this a double vinyl, uh, you know, Nostradamus right. kind of thing, you know? But, uh, but uh, you know, we write short stuff that's uh, short and sweet to the point, right? So uh, I'm glad that you got a chance to uh, get into it a few times and uh, kind of understand what, what it's all about, you know? Sure. Now, now, you know, from what I know, and, and correct me if any of this is wrong, but you draw a lot of inspiration, not not only on this record, but on on everything that you've done from horror movies, right? Is that is that sort of correct that you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's an accurate so, <laughs> so what kind of, you know, in the horror genre, there are, there are types, you know, there's the, the types like hostile or saw that are just cringe. Then there's the types that are like Jason and, you know, nightmare and Elm street type movies that are more kind of like campy horror, I guess, for lack of a better term. What types do you look to, to draw inspiration from for your music? Or do you go across the board? Yeah, it's pretty much across the board. I mean, I kind of started, you know, as a child of the 80s with, like, the Nightmare on Elm Streets and stuff like that. I'm not really a, into the slasher films, so to speak. But, you know, I got into the the old, you know, the Universal stuff and then the Hammer Horror stuff and then, like, a lot of great 70s horror, you know, Salem's Lot. Did you Lot. like the movie Scanners? I love Scanners. I love all David Cronenberg films, The Fly. Uh, Scanners was great. Um, Just that scene where the guy's head explodes. I mean, that's just like, (laughs) I love practical effects like that. But I like the story of Scanners, you know, and and I think, uh, I don't know, I think this album is, although it touches on some of those themes and science fiction themes, it's more of a drama, you know. I mean, I love movies back to the future you know so it's like i i like uh i like a lot of the feel of the horror stuff um but i'm not i'm not into slasher films i'm not into uh you know like you said stuff like saw and hostile the gore stuff i mean it's mm-hmm. it's pretty uh interesting but the, i like some of the campy stuff i think that fear and and laughter is kind of it's almost like the same physiological uh response right so sure. the two and the two and two go hand in hand for sure Right but on. there's nothing there's nothing silly or funny about our music, so I like that element is 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 left on the table. But I do enjoy that in film. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Jarvis, to to write a concept record is never easy. It just it just isn't. And, and yeah. if it was, then every single band would have one. Right. And instead, instead, when you when you whenever you say concept records, I think we all name like the same two or three. We all name Mind Crime. We all name Crimson <laughs> Idol. Awaken the Guardian. That's a good one. That's that's kind of the stretch. But the big two are probably <laughs> Crimson right. Idol and maybe the Who's record as well. If you want to throw a third, yeah, in there. or some Floyd stuff. But that's like yeah. way. That's not metal, and that's like way. You know, right. So, so for you, two things come to mind. One, I have to imagine this was difficult to write because you're more used to writing just storytelling three minute pieces versus an hour or 40 minutes or whatever of, of a story. So I imagine that that was harder. And I imagine too, it's not as easy to write the middle songs that kind of transition you from point to point. Is that fair? 
Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned film because I actually wrote this as a, a screenplay first. Okay. And that took me a really long time. I mean, there were days that I would just stare at a page for eight hours, you know. Um, the thing is, when you have stories like this, um, you kind of know how you want them to start and how you want them to end. And it's the middle. It's the middle, you know, that's so important about filling that out. And if you've written really strong characters, at a certain point, there's a tipping point in the middle where the characters kind of tell you what they're going to do. So uh, that that helps in the writing process if you honor your characters that way. Because there's things that you write that you're like, this guy would never do this, right? Uh, at that point, you've established who they are. The problem is when you when you begin and you know how it's going to end, you get really attached to things about the ending. And once you get, when you finally get to that point, you're like, it can't ever be this way. And you have to, that's why a lot of uh, stories suck and that a lot of films suck because they just, they can't get, the writer can't get over him or herself. And you kind of just, you have this great idea to end it, but you really have to just put that on the cutting room floor if you want this thing to make sense. And that's right. the point that I came to. And then the other, the other side of it was writing music to the story, which is something we've never really done. But every kind of, there's a lot of dynamics in this album musically, and there's a lot of twists and turns that it takes. And that is because of the storyline. It's not because of something that we wanted to do musically the story took us there and it's a, it's a really interesting way to do it. It's a difficult way to do it. You know, we're not um, classical composers. So I, you know, if you told me to write you a sad riff, it would take me a minute. You know, I couldn't just go, okay, well here's, you know, that's this scale. And you know, that's just not us, unfortunately. So we really had to dig deep and as shitty as the pandemic was for everybody, it was a great thing for us because it, it finally forced us to take a break after, you know, 600 shows in, in the four years previous to that. And, and it gave us an opportunity to, uh, to take some time to do this. Right now, now with that, and I, and I wanted to get into that. I, I think the pandemic, if without the pandemic, you, the way you work, you night demon works, you would never be able to, to invest the time to write like this. No, no. And we suck at writing on the road. We're really bad at it. We've tried before and it's just like, the results there's no time for that no there's not but even look like we've we've had times where we've been in europe and had like a week off and we've we've attempted to do that you know rent a rehearsal studio and it just i don't know man like it's just sightsee if i had a week off in europe i'd be like oh we can finally go check someplace out because to me i've been in italy and germany and couldn't tell you a thing about it when you're there as much as we are, it's there's you you seem too much, man. We we just <laughs> I don't know. I guess we sightsee the uh the uh the dark side. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, no doubt, we, man. Come out, we come out at night. Actually there was a time there was a time, there was one summer a few years back where we we really spent a long time there and we were actually um playing as a cover band in bars at night on the Reaper Bond. We'd play all night. We went under the name The Howling Men, which we have a song called The Howling Man. And fans started to figure it out and, and start to come out. But it was a good way for us to make some dough and, like, stay as sober as possible. And, uh, that, you know, at least during our set. And uh, kind of just stay, stay, stay uh, in shape, you know, when we were out there. So Now, were you playing covers or were you playing Night Demon songs when you covers. were doing that? 
Oh, yeah, wow, we really? do covers. Yeah, so we do anything from ACDC to Brian Adams to uh, you know uh, Europe. A lot of uh, we did round and round. <laughs> you know, nice. so uh, yeah, we yeah we could we know about a hundred songs that aren't ours that we could probably play at any given moment. So I mean, that's kind of like what made us good. Or, or uh, there's the blabbermouth quote. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, that's that's what I think uh, made us better writers was you know learning all the songs of our favorite bands and then being able to pull all of those kind of riffs out of you know your bag of tricks so to speak i mean just kind of learning how other people play and really really learning that stuff you know that that really helped us a lot sure well i'm going to tell you i'm going to send that clip to bory tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) there's there's already hold on there's already one on there right now hold on i'm sorry let me just take one minute at the top right now it says Night, I'm, I'm blabbermouth. The top page to the right side. Night Demons Jarvis Leatherby. Here, here's the quote. Our work ethic and writing good music has gotten us to the upper echelon of our genre. Man, you should see the comments on that on that one. I think, I think that was taken out of, out of context a bit, but that's kind of what they do, and, like, that's cool. At least the photo was good. Yeah, yeah. at least it wasn't some awful photo. It looks like you're taking a shit or something, right? Like, oh, it okay. is. I think they take like screenshots of videos, you know, where you're like mid, uh, you know, and it's just like, yeah, here's this. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Hey, at least, look, dude, you, you got a record to promote. They've got you on the site. No, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> nice. Well, dude, let's dig back into the record, uh, Outsider. Um, I'm going to start with you, but I'm going to move to the band. You specifically, vocally, it's like a whole different singer than the sure. last time we heard from you really stretching out really i didn't know that you were this clean of a singer singer you know i mean i mean you know man i've seen you a bunch of times and i've obviously heard the record and you're more of a yeah you know kind of a singer and now you're a singer singer talk a little bit about you know was that a difficult transition was it a purposeful transition it, you know, it, it it was enjoyable, but it was definitely purposeful. One thing that I thought about when we kind of, when the pandemic first hit and they said it was two weeks, we were like, no, this is not two weeks. This is two years. We knew it. We put out, we wrote a song in March of 2020 called Visteria, which a lot of people took the wrong way. It was basically our attack on the media and how they were just trying to scare everybody. Sure. It COVID deniers or anything like this, but this is before the vaccine was even talked about. It was, wasn't even discussed. Um, but we saw the writing on the wall. We knew what was going on. And I thought, well, okay, here's a great opportunity for me to first of all, get some vocal rest. And um, cause when you're playing that many gigs, I mean, I don't care how good of a singer you are. It, it, you, you stay in shape vocally, but it's the chords needs, they need a break, you know? So, um, I, I've always taken singing lessons throughout the years and I've always tried new coaches. So I decided, Hey, let's go with somebody new here now and see if I can pick up some, some more tricks. And, uh, okay. just spent a lot of time singing. So I was living in Ireland during most of the pandemic and my girlfriend built me like a little vocal studio underneath the stairs. <laughs> so in a closet that she used to have her trash cans in. Right. So, uh, it was good. I got to give her some relief from me being around her 24 seven. And I was just in there singing all the time, you know, and, uh, 
um, yeah, I really, you know, with a story like this and an album like this, I thought I, I need to go to some new places here. So um, it's, you know, I don't know if we'll ever release the demos because they're that, I think I needed to hear myself be, be that bad at stuff like this to go, okay, you know, let's, let's really, really push it here and see what we can do. And it got to a point where when I did the vocals for the album, you know, I spent a total of eight hours probably recording the whole thing because I was just ready for it, you know? Okay. So um, I think that that's, that's where that lies. And now doing rehearsals this couple, last couple of weeks for the tour coming up, um, I'm feeling really good and I'm, I'm, I'm able to sing this stuff live. And, and so that's, uh, it's really, it's really cool. I'm, the other thing too is when you talk about the pandemic, uh, we knew this was going to be uh, an extended thing. And the one thing that I thought about was, you know, like, I want to stay in shape to to be able to get back on the road when we can. But one thing that I realize is I'm only, not only are we going to be off the road for two, two and a half years, but I'm going to be two, two or two and a half years older. And sure. one of the things that people always say is you can't teach an old dog new tricks or, you know, people are born with musical talent. And it's just not true. You know, it's just not true. It just it takes will. It takes dedication to and you and some belief you know, and some faith to be able to do that. And that's the position I put myself in and that's where I am now. Right on. Now, now, you know, you, you mentioned about talking or, or about, um, you feel like you can do this on the road. Do you feel like you can do it on the road gig 121 and 150 and 200? Do you feel like your, your voice is still going to be able to be clean you know, because you're still going to do the old catalog too. You know, yeah. it's it's not as simple as just doing this one record. It's doing this one record as well as probably eight to ten more songs every single night. You know, of of your old catalog, which was much harder on your voice. Do you think you'll still be able to push through? I mean, look, <laughs> as long as as long as I'm not doing a bunch of blow and drinking a lot, you know, I mean, that was, that was honestly the problem in, in the, in the, on the older tours, but like sure. I've, that stuff's calmed down a lot. Um, and that stuff rest. I mean, there's all these factors that go into it. Um, it's nice to be on a bus on this tour and not in a van, you know, in the States, at least that, hopefully helps but i'm also in a bus with a bunch of guys who love to party so you know like let's see uh that's all up to me but it's always going to be my fault you know uh it's never i never blame it on the rain you know <laughs> so uh you know uh that's that's just it um we'll we'll have to see you know but i'm i'm hopeful and see the thing is what I've done vocally on this new record is i've also sang in some higher registers and and some lower registers so i've i've gotten physically used to singing all across the board so and and sure. you know i've been releasing catalog songs too so um let's see what's up you know let's right see on. what i don't know how many more years i got in me so now is the time you know i don't know how many years of us got in us you know like right. so now is the time yeah right on well dude uh, do you do you because you're thinking this way do you actually think about maybe not doing as much as you do, maybe not touring as extensively as you do, maybe not doing uh, the Ungal stuff, the Sirith Ungal stuff as well, because 
all of that puts wear on you. Yeah, I've thought about it, but I just can't see myself not doing it. Okay. You know? I mean, I just can't. It's like, I got to be there, you know? If the opportunities there. This year, I thought we would kind of be a little more selective. And we, I guess we have been, but some of the offers that we've got, some of the tours we're going to announce, and some of the some of the bands we're going to be able to support, and some of the places that we're going to that we've never been in the world. I mean, it's, you know, you say that, but like once, you know, it's like, why not? You know, like, this is what we do. This is what we right. do. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm, the slowing down thing is just, I still feel physically good and I felt physically bad before. So I'm lucky to feel the way I do now, but I see it with, I see it with people. I see it when they, when they have a hard time getting out of a car or something, or like, you know, uh, I, I see it like uh, when people age, it's, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't get rid of father time, you know? So it's like, I might as well just keep doing it now while I can. I'm like lucky enough to be able to do it at a high level. And as you know, our stage show is so much energy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really, when the day comes that we can't expel that much energy, I think that's when, that's when, you know, we won't, we, we may not be around anymore, but right now we can. So, so let's, let's keep that going. Dude, let's do you go guys cool. do uh, karate kicks. Die! Die! <laughs> I die, die, die! Yeah, we've actually, uh, our guitar player does some, but only in the air. Like there's never like the one foot on the ground, you know? So <laughs> they're like, they're like scissor kicks, you know? Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, dude, if I know anything about Night Demon, it's, you you personally are going to drop dead during the encore of a show. It ain't going to be hidden away somewhere after not playing for 10 years. No, you know, like, and dying on stage, I mean, come on, like, Nick Menza died on stage. Lemmy basically did, you know? like I almost did. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, he had a heart attack. But, like, you want to do, you want to go out doing what you love, but you want to go out, doing it on a high level. Right. So right. I don't know. We shouldn't be talking about this, man. I, I, <laughs> I, I have no plans to, to slow down. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Nice. Well, dude, let, let me swing it back to the record for a minute. Cause I do want to talk about a couple of the songs that are really, really to me are the curveballs of the record. And the two that mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking are awake and uh, beyond the grave. Very okay. different from what you, what you guys have done in the past. I think those are the ones that when people hear everything, they're going to point to. And they're the ones that you're probably going to either take the criticism or the praise from, because those are the ones that kind of set the bar differently than what you've done previously. What is your take on those songs? Do, do you feel like they're, they're that different from the past or do you feel like they fit because you know, you wrote them or. Uh, yeah, I think they're different. Um, Again, it's like it's if the if the story is what it is, and that's why the songs had to be the way they were. You know, I mean, they they had to fit in those spots, and they had to convey what was happening. Um, all of our albums have been a progression, but on this one especially, I mean, once we were writing certain stuff to this story, we just said, "Look, if we're if we're repeating ourselves, we're just not going to do it." we're not good at that. Like we're not like an ACDC or a Slayer, you know, where you could keep cranking out the same stuff and people really enjoyed that. You know, they like that. That's your identity for us. It's like, we've, you know, 
for all intents and purposes, we were basically a band that was glorifying a music of the past. And any kind of traditional heavy metal cliche that you can do, any drum beat, guitar riff, guitar lead, vocal line, we've done it. So there's no, we had to inject a lot more of our identity into this. Or, you know, we were in the position where at one point we even said, let's not even make any more music if we're not going to do something like this. Like, let's just live off of what we have and just go out there and tour. And otherwise, there's just no point. Like, I would rather have people hear this record for the first time and go, whoa, that's different. And even be indifferent about it than just go, okay, they're just, these guys are just doing the same old thing, you know? Sure. Well, and, and you know, the, the nice thing that you have is that your fans are ridiculously loyal. Your fans are loyal in the old Metallica way, in the 1980s. They have, well, they have yeah, but they have one. But look at, you know, Metallica had loyal fans too that when they decided to, to uh, expand as you as you will, um, they were not so loyal anymore, you know? So it's just a risk you have to take. And, and look, look, there's nothing, there's nothing not night demon about this album. There's nothing right, not, right. not metal about it at all. I don't think, no, you know, no, there's no rapping on it. There's no, <laughs> on it or nothing. I mean, it's definitely night demon. It just, it just is, I, you know, the way I explain it, I've explained it to a couple people is all the previous Night Demon music was like a runaway train. And now this is more of a controlled train that has, <laughs> that has stops along the way. Yeah. Well, it definitely goes places. I'll tell you that, you know, it definitely does. It's uh, great, dude. Well, I well dude, obviously you're, you're back here in the States. You've, you've been living in Ireland. Um, Talk about the differences, man. And, and this has nothing to do even with music so much. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, living in two places, you really learn. Like, I lived in Korea for two and a half years. Wow. So, living in Korea, I certainly learned that there's a whole nother ideology on life and living and working and playing and partying and everything when you live somewhere else. You right. Know? So, for you having spent a good amount of time in Ireland the last few years, how do you compare there to here? Is it better, worse? Is there, is, are those, neither of those words you can use? What? You know what? Like I like it better, but okay. I mean, I like, I don't know. I think I was just, I'm just burnt on, on <laughs> Southern California, you know, but right. I look at, I'm American through and through, you know, okay. I love, I love America as as a country it's such a big country i think um uh i think eric can uh relate to this you know when you travel a lot as a band people always want to talk politics for some dumb reason and they always think that like we're all the same in america they don't realize how big this damn place is and how different everybody is you know and it's like we're just music guys you know like we're like we're we have nothing to do with a lot of things that happen in such a big place ireland's cool in the sense that it's it's safe like i'm not worried about getting stabbed or shot at two in the morning like i go for long walks at 2 a.m and it's all good people people like to drink there you know um but I don't know. I dig the weather. I'm just tired of the sun, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. This, here's the, thing. the sun tells time, you know? And when you're, like, living this lifestyle, 
sometimes you got to wake up at noon, you know, and it sucks to just know that like the day is done. Like when the, when the weather's gloomy, it's like, I don't know, there's always a feeling of promise, you know, that something could happen, you know, uh, that's, that's just, it looks the same way at 2 PM as it does at 8 AM, you know? So just, I, I'm I just, I don't know. I like, it's very, Ireland's a very metal place. People don't realize that. Not so much, there's not really a big metal scene at all, but like it's so old and like there's just awesome cemeteries everywhere and like just great architecture. And I don't know, it's just, uh, it's a really special place. It's a real magical place, you know? And uh, it's, it's, it's helped me out a lot mentally to be, to be there, you know? So, uh, but look, I'm an American through and through. There's, this is the greatest country in the world. And it's, it is because of the attitudes that we've had here for the last couple hundred years, you know, like there's a lot of spirit here and there's a lot of individualism here and people, there's a lot of people here that, that believe in themselves and just have the ability to really stretch a lot of boundaries and redefine what America is all the time. People do that in music all the time. I think it's a, it's the mission of an artist to redefine what this place means. Right on. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was just going to ask the burning question that so many Americans probably have is, does it smell anything like Irish spring soap there? <laughs> you know what's fucking crazy? Sorry, I don't know. Sorry. I, you if can I, swear, it's I, fine. Okay. okay. Um, they have no idea what Irish spring is. It doesn't even exist. <laughs> Yeah. I, I was always like I was I was messing around with my girlfriend one night and I cut a bar of soap with a knife and she's like what because <laughs> of those commercials where he cuts right, the soap yeah, he does uh, Irish Spring and so like yeah. we make just bad I had to show YouTube the commercials so they, they have no idea about it yeah yeah <laughs> It's kind of like the Australians when you when you do the Australian beer, you know, what is like Foster's. They're like, what? Yeah, they're they're like, no one. That's like coming here and saying, hey, let's have a Budweiser. You know, it's exactly, like, it, exactly. It's piss beer to them, but <laughs> nice. Well, Jarvis, man, obviously you are getting ready. What next week to get out there on the road? Yeah. You know, talk talk a little bit about this tour. Great tour, great bands that are on the tour. So talk talk a little bit about this tour and what's coming. Yeah, so this tour was supposed to happen in April of 2020. So it's three years now um, that we've postponed it. One thing that I did is, um, you know, I've rebooked it four times, but we never once announced the reschedule because I had seen tours that were doing this, and again, like. We're not clairvoyant, but we knew that this thing was gonna was gonna drag out. So, sure. um, we just canceled it when this whole thing happened. We didn't postpone it and say, "People, hold on to your tickets." We just gave refunds, and we're like, "Look, we'll we'll revisit this um, when it happens." One thing about all these tours that got rescheduled is kind of like after the fourth time, third or fourth time, you know, you kind of feel like you've already went to it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though you weren't there. So. This is just, um, you know, we've actually extended it now, so it's cool. There's a lot more dates than they were originally planned, and um, it's going to be great. We're out with Satan. We're out with Haunt. We're all good friends. I'm kind of at the point now where we kind of just want to tour with bands that we like and that we get along with and we enjoy being around because we tour so much, and it's it's always good to get an opportunity to to play in front of a new audience and play tour with bigger bands, but a lot of times – the times that we've done that, we've just been like, 
you know, they say never meet your heroes. It's like, man, sometimes it's just, it's been a bit of a bum out, you know? So like now to have the opportunity to tour, to select who you want to tour with and, and kind of be all in it together, you know, we're sharing a backline together and, and, you know, it's just, it's just way easier and attitudes are cooler and you, you know, you just enjoy your life a lot more because the other 23 hours of the day can really suck if you're right. not around. And all it takes is one, one idiot, you know, it's yeah. just kind of screw everything up, you know? So uh, I'm really fortunate to, to be doing this with guys that I really right. care about. And if nothing else, you can just say hello to Trevor from Haunt, and he'll talk for an hour and a half and keep you. Busy. <laughs> that guy is a talker. <laughs> he is. He's yeah. I thought I was yeah, but sure. <laughs> no, dude. Just a, just a side note. I interviewed him the first time. I interviewed him was I don't know maybe two years ago or whatever, and oh. I didn't know him from anybody. And I I literally just got so you got a new record out there on Bandcamp, and he went for thirty five straight minutes, <laughs> and I didn't get a word in i was like uh you know it's one of those uh 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 yeah i couldn't get in because he's a guy he is a talking machine man <laughs> you should interview his dad do you know who his dad is his dad had something to do with van halen right no so my dad had something to do with van halen actually well my dad was my dad was in a band with michael anthony but his dad is uh bill electric church from montrose Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hagar. yeah. He was in Montrose. He was in Van Morrison's band, and he was in all that solo Hagar records. So okay, he's oh. probably got some great stories. You know, he's in the I Can't Drive Fifty Five band. Yep. Look at that! Awesome. Wow. <laughs> now, how is all right? Now, now I never heard this about your dad. How is he involved with Michael Anthony? They were best friends when they were growing up, so they were in their first band together, a band called Black Opal. And um, I think they kicked off in like 68 and went to like the early 70s. So they remained friends. And, uh, but, my, you know, Mike kept playing and he was in another, he was in a band called Snake. And then he was, he joined Mammoth. Sure. Um, and yeah, my dad's got some great stories. And um, Mike's still married to, to uh, his girlfriend who was his girlfriend forever at the time, you know, back in those days too. So, uh, but um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty cool thing, you know. Um, and I'm a huge, huge Van Halen fan, so um, sure. it's cool to have that kind of in my lineage, you know. So, growing up as a kid, does does the the bass player from Van Halen ever show up at your house to like hang out or watch a football game or any of that kind of shit? Yeah, there was some of that when I was young, and I don't think I really cared, you know. <laughs> I think, uh, I think there might be a, f I can't. I can't remember. There might be a photo of me at Eddie and Valerie's wedding or outside of it, um, okay. outside the gates of the, their wedding. I have to, to go to their wedding. That's pretty. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I was extremely young, uh, but uh, yeah, this again, it's like when you're growing up, it's like what your parents are, are doing. It's like, who cares? Like, that's just not, that's not cool, you know, but then you realize later, you're like, oh, shit, man, they were into some cool stuff. You know, I wish I would have, it was more of a fly on the wall, right? You know? Right, right. Yeah, but we've ran into Mike throughout the years, and uh, um, I think him and my dad still have contact, um, like, around the holidays and stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, it's super, it's super cool, man, you know? See, if you were a band whore, you'd put those pictures up, like, to the Van Halen news desk and say, Night Demon, who knows Van Halen, you know? Yeah. 
get more silly, silly blabbermouth quotes. <laughs> but see, I just feel like they. It's funny because I was going to actually drop a really big artist name who's next door right now in my studio, but I'm not going to because people people do this stuff. And I'm always conscious about that, you know, because like as friends, you know, I'd like to talk to you and just be like, oh, hey, cool. You know, but people watch this stuff and it's just like, oh, man, I hate when the things get twisted, sensationalized, you know, it's, but um, but yeah, um, the uh the the whole van you know a, a friend of mine Greg Renoff wrote a really good uh, Van Halen book I'm like see I helped him with some resources and stuff like that and I thought that was a really cool that's a cool effort but like you know once Eddie died I, I stopped tuning into the uh, Van Halen news desk because there's nothing there's nothing to talk about anymore man you know right I mean it's over it's over there's nothing there's nothing to talk about. Look, with no Eddie Van Halen on the planet, there's no reason to talk about it anymore. There's just not- it's still not real to me, you know. It really isn't. Like it's it's just man, I <clears throat> it's a sad world without that that guy in it, you know. It is, yeah. And yeah. my God, and I won't ask you for a comment on it. I'll make the comment, David Lee Roth. Just stop, please. <laughs> this stuff he's doing. Oh my God. I don't know why he record that stuff you know i wish they would just really archive more from the old days and release that um yeah you know but there because there's so much good stuff out there that's not out that's not out you know um mm-hmm. but live shows and stuff and and uh but yeah there's no i mean you know he's got the right to do whatever he wants but but uh but yeah i mean it's uh i was checking it out the other day actually some of the re-recordings and uh yeah yeek <laughs> If he did, you know, if he did it like a cool Vegas lounge act and 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 change the music that way, that'd be like the the one album that he did with like that bluegrass band or whatever. I see. I more enjoyed those takes on Ever it. Down. Yeah. yeah. Then, then yeah, I listened to that coming home from our gig the other night. Actually, I'm like, what do I want to listen to? And I ended up putting on Diver Down and putting my favorite some of my favorite songs from there on it was in the yeah. covers i loved the kinks cover. oh yeah absolutely dancing in the streets uh pretty woman uh big bad bill i think yeah. eddie, i think eddie and alex's father actually played clarinet on that if i'm not mistaken oh, nice. yeah. yeah very cool nice. we should be a van halen show man that'd be awesome dude that door's always <laughs> look, you know anytime you want to come on we can come on and do that that'd be fun yeah. Why not? I could definitely find you some people that would want to come on and do that too. Oh so yeah, that'd be great. Just put that together, you know, with all your free time that you have. <laughs> I, I I missed my window. I should have done this during the pandemic. Then we could have done it. But yeah, totally. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess fortunately, you will be busy for the next long term as you have this brand new release, um, Outsider. Uh, it's really, really good. If if you liked Night Demon before, you're going to like them a whole lot more, in my opinion, now because it's a it's the most diverse record they've done. It's a definitely a different record for Night Demon without without being their weird record. That's just, you know, it's not their Lulu or anything like that. It's it's definitely Night Demon, but it does. And have you know what? I'll say this: we we really want to do a record like that. Um. See, I'm not even gonna go into it. I, How about don't? Don't do that. Somebody, there's, there's somebody in our in our realm right now that of of a, a Lou Reed caliber that uh, from that that era that we're we're really trying to to make dude, something something work. I'm gonna with. tell you now. If I get the Elvis Costello and Night Demon record, I'm done with uh, you. 
It's no. way cooler than that. It's way cooler than that, dude. It's way cooler. <laughs> Very good. Well, dude, I figured um, I would end with um, a little bit of Escape the Void, which is out there now that people could check out. But before we get to that, tell everybody where to go to keep up with you and tour dates and all that good stuff. Yeah, nightdemon.net. That's it. It's the central place. We've always had our own website. Um, you know, we don't rely on the whatever platform is cool nowadays. I mean, we do all the social stuff, but nightdemon.net, you can find out every single thing you need to know about the band. And if you use social media, you can get links to all that stuff from there. Very cool. So one more time, the album is called Outsider. When is it actually out, out? Uh, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. So we're, uh, we're kicking it off that day uh, at the Whiskey A Go-Go. And there's an Irish bar right next door. So it should be pretty wild. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, one more time, it is Outsider. It is Night Demon and uh, Jarvis. Um, as always, thanks for checking in with Chris Aiken Presents. And for everybody else that watched, that is going to do it for Chris Aiken Presents. So for myself, for Eric, and for Jarvis, thanks for tuning in. And this is a little bit of Night Demon. We will see you guys next week. Cheers. Thank you, guys.